Welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast, news, reviews and resources for ITAM, SAM and software licensing professionals. Hello everyone, welcome to this podcast from the ITAM Review in conjunction with Matrix 42. My name is AJ Witt. Uh, I'm joined today by Zilka Henderson-Stunkel. Zilka is uh, an expert uh, on all things Java from uh, Matrix 42, and, and, and that's our topic today. We're, we're really looking at kind of what's changed in Java licensing recently, particularly around what Oracle have done, uh, what this means for us as IT asset managers, uh, and also to give you some practical tips around, around how to prepare for, um, for, for Java audits, which are likely to be coming. So uh, before I go any further, um, uh, uh, Zilka, would you like to introduce yourself and and and, and just uh, sort of say what you do and, and your expertise and so on? Sure. Yes. Uh, hello from my side as well. I'm really happy to hear uh, to be here with you today. I think today's topic is a real hot topic and actually my personal favorite. My name is Zilka Henderson Stunkel. I'm a product manager with Matrix Forty Two. I've been working now for quite some years with customers and tool vendors in the area of Oracle software asset management and Oracle audits in quite some different roles. So consulting and advisory for Oracle licensing um, topics and supporting customers when they are in Oracle audits, but also and especially for and with tool vendors building and delivering uh, third-party Oracle SEM tools or scanners and leading those vendors successfully through the Oracle verification process. So you can really say Oracle did become a little bit a passion of mine. Thank you. Um, so we're talking today about Java. I, I thought it would be good just to put things in context a little bit. So uh, we quite often I find we talk about things like we kind of know where they came from. And, and it is useful in this case to understand the, the, the evolution of Java, I suppose, over the years. So Java was originally a Sun Microsystems uh, project. Um, it was originally proprietary software. It was It was a Sun product. Um, they very quickly open sourced it, I think, in around about 2006 from memory. Um, and so it became free open source software by and large. Um, Sun obviously sold services around this as well. And, and, and in the same way as perhaps that Red Hat sell services for um, Linux, for example. So that was all fine for a couple of years as, as things moved along. But then in 2008, 2009, um, Sun and Oracle started, well, Sun were looking for investment, they talked to IBM, they talked to Oracle, and Oracle came along. Um, the acquisition of Sun completed in 2010, causing, it's fair to say, a, quite a bit of concern across um, Sun's open source communities. It wasn't just Java, it was also um, MySQL, which of course was a competitor product to Oracle's database. Um, and so, so there was, there's been ongoing worries, I suppose, since 2010 about what this would mean for free and open source software that came originally from Sun. Uh, in the case of the database, for example, um, we ended up seeing a fork very early on into what's now MariaDB, which is now, um, you know, sort of once again the free open source software 
the database that um, that uh, MySQL became uh, sort of started off to become. So that was fine. There was ongoing concerns about this, and Java, as we sorry, um, Oracle, as we know, are tend to be quite kind of um, heavy on their licensing terms, and they do make use of the intellectual property they've acquired through um, acquisitions. Not least, indeed, around Java, with the uh, long-running and finally settled um, Google versus Oracle um, Java API uh, suit around uh, mobile use for Android. So. That's where we were. Nothing much happened around um, Oracle's Java um, uh, intellectual property until 2018, when Oracle announced uh, that commercial use of certain Java versions would require you to be licensed by Oracle for support. Um, and so that's where we are, I think. So it's been coming for a little while. And what we're going to cover today, I think, is the fact that we we see that things are, things are accelerating a little bit, and now it's probably time for our audience to start paying attention to this in a bit more detail. So, I want to hand over now uh, a little to um, to Zilka on this. Um, what specifically Zilka has changed recently here? Why are we starting to pay attention to this? Yeah, well, you mentioned it already. I mean, Oracle is also being known as a vendor who keeps changing its licensing terms and conditions quite frequently. And with the latest changes, 2018 and 19 and now 21, this did result in quite some confusion on customer side. But as until recently, Oracle did not include Java in its licensing audits. Um, a lot of customers still did feel safe with their Java compliance, but recently Oracle did include Java in its licensing audits. And we have seen quite a lot of audits um, and customers receiving audit letters. So this is there, there, there is a major change now that Oracle sales is not only calling their customers and questioning their Java usage. No, Java is now included in the official software licensing audits. Another pretty important information is actually that Oracle did introduce a new um, verification program for Java. So that means that uh, third party vendors are able to verify their solution to be used in Oracle engagements when it comes to Java. So this was, are all actually indicators that Oracle will massively ramp up their audit activities and are more is more and more monetizing Java. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, clearly that they're not going to pay attention to having a verification program for tools if those tools aren't going to be used for something. Um, uh, so yeah, it, it, that sort of makes sense. Um, now. It's quite complex, as, as you said. You know, it, there's there's a great deal of confusion around how Java is licensed, and what we need to be paying attention to as consumers of of, of that technology. Could you get cover a little bit around sort of different versions, um, and the and the, and the and the licensing model in general for Java? Sure. I mean, I've I've heard in the last 
weeks, months, years, I've heard many, many things about Jammer um, from customers, um, things like, for, where, where, where I'm actually a little bit concerned about, things like, for example, Java is always uh, free and open source. Yeah. Uh, Oracle gives Java back into the community, et cetera, et cetera. I think this is a little bit dangerous. And first of all, Java is not Java. You really have to check which Java are we talking about? Are we talking about an open JDK build or about an Oracle JDK or JRE? So the open JDK is still running uh, under the GPL with class path exception license. And the open JDK builds themselves up for free. Certain publishers are um, producing long time support builds uh, based on the open JDK. Most of them are for free. Some are charging a little bit. Um, there is even Oracle as a publisher for the open JDK. And again, this OpenJDK can, most of the cases, used for free. But what we are talking about, and this is where, where, where the danger or where the most risks are involved, is the Oracle JDK or JRE. So I, I will just refer to it now as Oracle JDK or Oracle Java SE. Okay. So um, all the changes in these terms and condition, you know, all the confusion about which Java version in general does require a license or, well, and now it, it is actually a subscription a customer has to buy. Um, you were asking before about a few of a version specific aspects. Mm -hmm. So for example, Let's take uh, Oracle Java SE8. Um, you do not only have to know which license is being required for which Oracle Java SE version. No, you also additionally really have to drill down and check the update and even the patch level of a specific version. With, uh, with Oracle Java SE8, for example, um, all updates, including uh, the update level 202, they run under the so-called BCA license, which did or does allow in most cases, or in a lot of cases, also a production usage. Okay. But all later updates, you know, starting with uh, the update uh, 211, they run under a different license. And this license, prohibits most of the use cases in a production environment and therefore do require a subscription. Uh, or let's take the, the uh, latest long-time support build from Oracle, the Java 17. Um, Oracle here introduced a brand new, let's call it license type. It's the so-called no fee terms and condition license. Um, this NFTC license now, again, um, let's customers use uh, these versions in a productive environment without any extra costs. Mm -hmm. But of course, there's also a little restriction here. Um, they can use it and can consume any further builds or updates until one year after the next LTS is being published. All the Upcoming updates then would run under the OTN license, which would require in most of the cases, a subscription. 
I would like to add w one thing here. Um, you always additionally have to check if for a, let's call it supposedly free version, are there any commercial features used? Like for example, mission control, usage tracker, et cetera. Because with the usage of certain commercial features, always a license is required. Yeah, so so this is this just really kind of speaks very well to the the sheer complexity of this area. It's um, you know, it's not just version numbers. You've you've got to look at patch levels. Um, you've got to look at your features being used. So that that kind of it feels to me very similar in a way to Oracle database licensing, and and also not just to keep on about Oracle. Um, it's also kind of similar to Microsoft SQL Server licensing, where where certain things are free and certain things. Uh, commercial use and 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 require a license. So, it's yeah, you know, it's, it's very interesting to see that we just have what this means for us as consumers um, is there's a great deal of uncertainty and doubt, I suppose, around around our usage. Um, you, you, you did mention there sort of those specific versions and later versions are are you know under different terms and potentially more more favorable terms. Um, and, and Java is supposed to be kind of like universal and portable, right? So, so what's stopping organizations from just upgrading to say version 18 or, 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 or whatever, which is under different, different licensing terms? Well, usually you do not use Java just because you use Java. Java is usually required uh, for some applications to be able to run. So. Mm -hmm mostly you know it's it's third party applications and the usually the application vendors have certain uh, prerequisites or requirements in terms of which java version uh, is supported for the application so for some of these applications uh, it is not even possible to migrate to an open jdk for example because the application the initial application vendor is just not supporting it yeah, yeah, I, I, certainly uh, that rings a bell from my days back in infrastructure where we ha were having multiple instances of Java, I, I guess JREs um, yeah. installed just just to just to do that do that very thing. Where um, of course you can have multiple versions installed uh, as well. That they, 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 they coexist. They're kind of sort of um, yeah, they're, they're in their own little areas. So it's um, perfectly possible to have multiple versions of Java installed. Yes. I'm sure. All of us who've looked at our inventories have seen multiple versions of Java um, dotted around um, on people's PCs and so on. Um, and so, I, I, moving on from sort of so, so that's kind of some of the complexity around multiple licenses models, patch levels, difficulty to move and migrate. Um, what's the what's the risk here? What, 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 how much are we all potentially on the hook here as as a Commercial user of this software, if Oracle comes along and orders us, what, 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 what's the what's the typical uh, financial cost, and maybe the playbook, maybe maybe the tech tactics that Oracle are going to use to uh, get you to resolve this um, non-compliance? Hmm. Well, you mentioned already, of course. The major risk here is non-compliance, uh, and which is leading to quite unexpected costs. Uh, so what have we seen here? We have seen uh, many, many unnoticed installations. I mean, there was no transparency in the organizations. You know what is really deployed and where, and 
are commercial features being used? Mm -hmm. And the next one is Java deployments in virtualized environments. So this is a, a, a huge risk factor as, um, I mean, it's, it's pretty much the same here or Oracle acts the same as for other Oracle technical products, like for example, the Oracle databases or middleware and where Oracle refers to its partitioning policy for virtualized or partitioned environments. So it might happen that like, a single Orca Java deployment in a VMware environment could result in a tremendously high yearly subscription bill or a bad awakening when running into an audit. Um, yeah, I, I th that, that's, it's ubiquitous, it's really everywhere. I, I think that's the point. Yes. And like you say, there's historically there's been very little control over yes where it's installed how it's installed and so on and um yeah um i i think um you know potentially one of the other areas as we just touched on in some cases you you know you may feel that you're forced to upgrade to a newer version to try and remove that remove that well obviously then there's a, a knock-on effect to the fact that you may have these legacy applications that oh, sorry current applications that are using legacy versions of java um yeah, I, I mean, I'm guessing as well that there's, and this is kind of coming on to the new uh, tool um, verification program. Um, it's it feels like it's going to be really difficult to measure Java usage and and you know to really get an idea of what your potential exposure is. Yes, definitely. So let's just check, you know, what 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 is the verification program about? Mm. I mean, first of all, it means that if a customer is in an engagement with Oracle, like for example, an audit, uh, the verified tools data uh, <clears throat> in terms of the specific standardized and verified reports, they have to be accepted by Oracle so that a customer would not have to deploy Oracle own tools. But like um, what I find quite interesting is this is more or less like the data collection and the data output in a standardized format. Mm. It does not, which is great. It, a verified tool will save you a whole lot of headache and work, manual work to collect all the data, to know what are you talking about? You know, what is your deployment? But you already mentioned in it, what is the usage for these specific Java versions? So what's the real usage? Because we have seen many, many, let's call them orphaned installations where nobody was aware of that mm. they even existed on a system. If they are in a, well, not the right license, well, then you probably are in compliance. Um, so talking about the usage, like which application is making use of this specific Java installation? So why is this so important? There are some applications, even Oracle applications, where which include a more or less restricted license for the for a specific for these java installations yeah. but also third party vendors can include or bundle their application with java so just by finding or detecting a an installation somewhere does not necessarily um tell you what the usage is hmm. um commercial feature usage 
another good one. Uh, the verified tool vendors, they have to report um, commercial feature usage for the specific installations. And when looking into, you know, when you do a tool-based approach to collect the data, it is actually very important that the tool you're using is able to collect that data. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it sounds to me like, um, you know, the, your traditional or your standard kind of um, SAM tool that does inventory and discovery, um, yes, of course, it's going to find the version uh, in yes. many cases. Uh, Yep. may find the patch level um but it isn't going to know that other context is it it isn't going to know the commercial feature usage and so on yes. it reminds me somewhat of um licensing for some ibm products for example so so I, i'm thinking here of, of websphere um mm -hmm. quite often websphere may be bundled in with something else and, and you've got limited exactly. use rights for that yes and, yeah no, the, these are this this is where you need to have that additional context of of knowing what's in use and you also mentioned as well, the the, the orphaned apps, the, the the orphaned versions, very very common, I would imagine, um, in in all of our environments, because the nature of Java is because it's standalone, you don't have to uninstall an old version of Java to install a new version, right? It, it, yes, I yes. mean, that was the way it always worked. You could have multiple versions of of of, of Java yeah. installed on the system. Um, so so that's kind of. That, that sort of some of the context around why this verification program is important to be able to get an effective measurement. How do you go about? Um, so uh, let me reframe this question slightly. How would you how would you go about doing this if you didn't have a tool to be able to do it? What, what would be involved? Would you say? <laughs> well, a whole lot of resources is required um, because you would have to do the uh, first step is do a Java inventory. Hmm. So talk to the system and application administrators to get the, uh, the data. Where is Java deployed? Which versions with update and patch level, et cetera. And if possible, find out if commercial features are being used. The next step is then to, it's it's all about, you know, also when, 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 when talking about in compliance, shrinking the scope of possibly to be licensed Java installations you know, to shrink down the scope. So, and then talk to, you know, to usually to the application owners, you know, um, is, are there any applications which are using this Java, these specific Java installations, hmm. you know, is, um, but also you always have to check, you know, where is this, are these, uh, are these deployments? Um, is it in virtualized environments? Or another thing, uh, a <laughs> goodie actually, in many organizations, when thinking not uh, on the service now, but now uh, uh, coming to, to client installations, you know, many in organizations did include a, an Oracle GRE in their client images. So pretty much every desktop was deployed with an Oracle Java SE installa uh, uh, installation yeah. version. Yeah, 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 I see, yeah. Uh, so uh, the, the verification program, obviously Matrix 42 have, have a verified tool here as well, and, and there are other vendors. Um, what does Oracle use for an engagement? Uh, do they basically come along and say, well, you should use a verified tool, or, or are they gonna come in and use their own scripts and? and tools themselves if you don't have something that can 
fulfill this um, need. Yeah. Uh, this is a very interesting question as uh, you know for the Oracle databases, middleware, etc. Oracle does have its own tools, uh, mainly the Oracle collection tool or some of you might have heard you know uh, review light, CTCP query, etc. But for Java at the moment Oracle does not have an own tool uh, but it is expected that Oracle will change that so that they will extend their own scripts, et cetera. There okay. is of course the Oracle usage tracker, um, which could be used, but be aware, this is a commercial feature. <laughs> so <laughs> if you're using it, you have to license it. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, brilliant. Interesting. Yeah. So um, they're yeah. not having their own tools. So, so what's Oracle doing right now? I have heard, that Oracle actually does ask the customers right now, do you have a verified tool in place? Which hmm. uh, if not, then they have to rely as they are do not have an own tool, then they have to rely from what the customer is handing over to them. So they yeah. usually ask, uh, do you have any other uh, tools in place, etc. Okay, yeah, an interesting conversation really in some ways because yeah. They have to be careful not to say that they yeah I, I i see that that's kind of like well they don't actually know have have a way of measuring and so yeah they're kind of relying on you to be honest a little bit and say well yes we can measure it um interesting okay um and uh, so so I, i'm curious um as well obviously uh matrix 42 have a tool here and uh to be able to do this how do you go about doing this what what, what does it look like is it is it an agent um is it mm -hmm. Yeah, that sort of thing. Well, the, the, the most important thing was for us to have a complete and reliant Java installation, let's call it detection. So we do not mm. only rely on uh, querying package managers or registries or anything, uh, because this information is just not sufficient. There are many, many installations uh, uh, out there just extracting a zip file or a tar file, and then it's uh, you know somewhere deployed. Um, so, so well, to be very technically, we do a full file system scan. Uh, mm -hmm. We do discover the commercial features um, and the commercial feature usage. Uh, pretty much every vendor and version, even old and actually unsupported, outdated, <laughs> almost ancient versions. Um, so, so gathering this information, and, and we said we just do not care if uh, this data collection is being executed using the metrics 42 agents or uh, uh, customers own deployment tools um, or just running them manually locally on a system mm -hmm. okay yeah cool um, just just to kind of sort of start wrapping this up a little bit um something that's occurred to me on this are you seeing um, customers getting specifically audited just for Java, or is it always as part of a you know, a wider Oracle database middleware um, audit engagement? Because obviously, I imagine there will be plenty of companies out there who don't use Oracle database and middleware but do have Java. Yeah, well, there is a a, a huge risk for right now not 
Oracle customer in terms of that they do not or never had any uh, contracts mm. with Oracle, uh, but still are using Oracle. So how could Oracle uh, uh, get to that data? Well, <laughs> if you download Oracle Java SE from Oracle's websites, you're usually being asked for certain information or have to have a login, etc., yeah. or provide an email address. And this information is being analyzed. Mm. So this is also you know uh, an information um which is being used to potentially to be a potential audit candidate uh we lately did see quite a lot of uh, uh audits um i have i would actually have to check if it was specific java audits or include included explicitly in mm. other audits like database audits okay i see well, thank you very much, um, Zilka. I think um, it's, it's been really interesting to kind of get into this um, at quite a high level, but also 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 get in, into some of the detail here. Uh, you know, the fact that it's uh, it's not just a question of a version number; it's a question of, of feature usage, commercial features, um, patch levels, and so on. We've also touched on how it's quite tricky to measure. Uh, and determine. We, we've talked about forced upgrades and being being forced to stay on particular versions for certain applications. Also, this um, very common status of having orphaned applications that or orphaned versions of Java, which are no longer in use, but just haven't been tidied up because uh, you know Java, as such, as you mentioned, isn't always installed. It's sometimes it's just unzipped, um, and you know, so it's not in the registry, for example. So there's all these things to consider um and that's in the light of the fact that oracle have started this new verification program for for java measurement measurement tools and that means that oracle are coming along and are likely to start um ramping up their java activity over the coming year um on the web page for this uh podcast you'll see some um further information uh that we have for you um about the licensing model uh, and, and, and various things there. Um, so check those out. And um, thank you very much for listening. Uh, thank you, Zilka, for sharing your considerable expertise and uh, and also Matrix 42's approach to how we solve this problem. Thank you. Thank you, it was a pleasure.